Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting, as always, live out of the Bet River Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, on a Monday evening. Plenty of betting action coming your way. Jeff Erickson will be joining us to talk about the MLB slate in 10 minutes. Decent one to look forward to tonight. Some good options with big movements in the market. So we'll see if Jeff agrees with some of those, has any plays, and just kind of a longer look down the second half of the season getting updated it's been a while since we've talked to jeff so we'll see if his thoughts have altered about any of these top teams in terms of the division races and everything circulating around that after jeff then we'll get into a little bit more so of game six now of course we still have until tomorrow to look forward to it disappointing end for the suns there but how about Giannis and company man the bucks are looking good and we'll see where that line is currently at and where it's open if it's fluctuated enough Take a look into some props and just those MVP odd series prices and much more. Then we'll kind of just spend the whole second half talking some NFL. Jeff Schwartz of Series XM NFL Radio will give us some of his top plays in the offseason as of now, looking into just the long term of some of these season win totals, player awards, specific teams, and much more. In between that, I'll look at some player props. We'll focus on the tailbacks, who are some running backs that could be Really just a solid look in terms of their prop bets heading into this season. I'll let you know in about a half hour, but plenty of NFL talk coming your way. But since we do have the big game to look forward to tomorrow, let's just kind of throw it out there and see where this line currently is at for game six 
of the NBA Finals in Milwaukee. The Bucks opening as a five-point favorite. Total opened up at about 223. Now, the spread really hasn't moved too much at Bet Rivers. We still see Milwaukee as a five-point favorite. In terms of the money line, they're minus 210. Now, if you think the Suns can win this one outright, you want some value. Phoenix plus 170 on the money line. And again, not much movement in terms of the spread or money line per se. However, the total has seen a little bit of a dip. 223 is the opener I looked at, and now we've seen it kind of go down to 222 slightly leaning toward the over here with the odds minus 112 and the under is minus 109. That's really been the only movement thus far is just a total going down from 223 to 222. Now, if you want to look further with some of these bets in terms of the series, the updated series price has Milwaukee as a minus $4 favorite. The Suns are plus 320. The exact bets, if you think the Suns can come back win this thing in seven, obviously, you know, you might as well just do the series price at this point because it's at about plus 320 for the series price. Uh, earlier is plus 310 to win in seven, but they may be adjusted by now. But my point being, sometimes there's a, there's those little errors out there and just kind of be cognizant of it and take advantage of it while you can. But the Bucks to win in six, then minus 225. Bucks to win in seven, plus 460. Thought process being, I suppose, look, if the Suns win tonight, they have all the momentum and the home court advantage for game seven. And then that would just be miraculous if the Bucks could win it at that point. But kind of interesting to see it be that high of value. I understand why it would be higher, but plus 460 seems a little bit excessive. The series has been wonky to say the least. Milwaukee certainly has had the stronghold these past three games. So we'll see what happens in game six. But of course, what we've always been looking into also is the finals MVP race. And naturally, Giannis has taken a hold of that one as well. Minus 435 for Giannis Antetokounmpo to win finals MVP. Chris Paul drops a seven to one. Devin Booker drops a seven to one. Now I know there's been conversations surrounding the possibility of Chris Middleton getting some love for this award. He's at 20 to one. And I understand it because he's been an absolute beast these past two games, but realistically Giannis has still been dominant himself, right? I think we've just been so accustomed and comfortable with Giannis being such a force that even when he's doing great things, we're just used to it. And Middleton's finally coming alive. So now it's like, all right, Middleton can't miss a shot. He's hitting all these clutch shots. He should be getting some recognition and yeah, rightfully so. But at the end of the day, they're not winning this series if it's not for Giannis. He's been the most consistent player the whole year, this whole postseason, and obviously this series. So Giannis is the rightful favorite to win finals MVP. Well, Chris Middleton has been great, no doubt about that. But if the Bucks win, it's going to be Giannis, and it's for the steep price of minus 435. Now, again, we'll kind of get into this more so later uh, tomorrow before the game, but there's some interesting props to look at as well. We'll kind of spend just maybe a minute or two on this with the head-to-head -head player matchups. We kind of focus a little bit more so on the points, rebounds, and even assists we dabble with, but there's some good outlook also with these head-to-head -head matchups with some of these players. We've done it a little bit, but I think there's a good opportunity as well for game six tomorrow night. Once again, the show is Rush Hour, presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, getting you geared up for game six of the NBA Finals tomorrow. Plus, we'll hit on baseball tonight. Don't worry, Jeff Erickson, senior MLB writer over at RotoWire, will be hopping on in a few moments. And then later on, we got Jeff Schwartz to talk some NFL and just plenty of other action surrounding the betting landscape in the NFL throughout the show. But of course, like we were just talking about with game six of the NBA Finals, Let's kind of get into some of these props with the head-to-head -head matchups. It's not necessarily going to be a full dive, but just some things that could be good to look at before these odds shift, I suppose, with some of these players. Because now that we have the stronger sample size, 
we know where these trends have at and who's been most consistent. So let's start with Giannis. He's minus 139 to score more than Devin Booker at plus 110. And look, Booker's averaging 30 points per game this series compared to Giannis at 32.2. However, despite that, Booker has outscored him in three out of five games. This is one where, to me, it's kind of just a coin flip, right? I mean, if the Bucks end up getting the job done, is it going to be because of Giannis's dominance, or does he take a little bit more of a step back and Chris Middleton comes alive? Vice versa with Booker, I mean, look, he's gotten 40-plus the past couple games, and he's going to need to do that more than likely if the Suns are going to stay in this game. So I guess the only way I would go would be the plus money because in my mind, it's just 50-50 virtually. And Booker has outscored him in three out of five games. But with these type of bets, a head-to-head matchup, I'm not going to be betting it unless I have total confidence in it. And this one, I certainly do not. But could be a good plus price opportunity with Devin Booker at plus 110. Now, speaking of a couple players that have a little bit more discrepancy, Chris Middleton and Chris Paul. Now, CP3 is averaging 21 points per game this series compared to Middleton at 25.4. Chris Paul outscored him in the first three games, but man, Middleton has come alive in these last two. So Middleton, or excuse me, Chris Paul does have the advantage originally, right? I mean, he's outscored him in three out of those five games, but then you saw CP3 take a step back. And, you know, the one game also that you kind of, not counting as much as when Middleton, what, scored only 11 points. So it, that game was kind of an anomaly in a sense. And now you're seeing the true playing of Chris Middleton and probably what he's going to display for tomorrow night. So for this one, I'm not rushing to lay the minus 180 by any means, but this is a bet to me where you have the big advantage with Middleton. If we can just assume he plays somewhat close to what we've seen these past couple games. And Chris Paul obviously is I don't want to say taking a step back, but he's been more timid. He's not the same Chris Paul that we saw in the prior series and in game one and in game two. Is there an injury there? Maybe we'll find out about it after the series. He stepped it up toward the second half of the game and toward the end in game five. But if you want him to outscore Chris Middleton, he's going to have to do that for all four quarters. So that's going to be necessary if you're looking to take the plus 140 with Chris Paul. I'm not saying I'm betting Middleton, but the only way I would go would be Middleton, if anything. Just not wanting to lay that minus 180 as at this point, there's probably some better opportunities to go with, but that would be the side I would lean. And you could take a look at Drew Holiday. What a fantastic game in game five, both offensively and defensively. He's minus 167 to outscore the big man, DeAndre Ayton, plus 131. Now, Holiday has outscored DeAndre Ayton in four out of five games this series. Aiden, again, a guy who did well in games one and game two is to kind of take in a back seat. I mean, came alive a little bit in this last game, but overall averaging 15 points per game this series compared to Holiday at 17.6. Holiday's probably your guy here. And I know we all know that he has defensive priorities with Devin Booker a lot of the time, but he's still finding a way to score because the Suns defense, all they can do is try to double up Middleton when he can't miss. Double up Giannis down low. That frees the space open for a guy like Drew Holiday, who takes advantage of his opportunities, especially beyond the arc. So if he's hitting from deep, not only are the Suns in trouble, obviously, but so would DeAndre Ayton if he's looking to outscore Drew Holiday, considering Ayton obviously has to go up with the likes of Brooke Lopez, Giannis Antetokounmpo down low, obviously more so with Giannis, but the tough defensive presence is there more so for Ayton than Holiday. So if anything, again, would lay the price with Holiday minus 167. Speaking of the aforementioned Brooke Lopez, what about him versus Mikhail Bridges? Bridges minus 125 to outscore Lopez. If you think Brooke can do it, though, he's minus 103. And look, Lopez is averaging about 12 points per game this series. Bridges is at 13 points per game this series. But Lopez has outscored Mikhail in three out of five games so far. 
Now, to me, both of these players are really volatile and whatnot, but this is probably what I would have the most confidence in right now with Mikael Bridges at minus 125. So if I'm looking back at it, Drew Holiday minus 167 would probably be the top one. Again, it's not ideal to want to play the minus 180 with Chris Middleton, but that's when I would have more conviction with than the others. But again, minus 180, not rushing to the counter to wanting to bet that by any stretch of the imagination. And tomorrow, of course, we'll get into some of these props even deeper. We'll go with the points. We'll go with the rebounds, typically what we do. And we'll do the deep dive and see if these odds have moved, you know, enough to warrant a bet or to stay away from like prop shelf. So those are just some of the cool ones that you can look at with the head-to-head matchup. So, and, it, and it's important to kind of note those out at this point, considering we've had the five-game sample, right? Now that we're heading into game six, you could kind of have a better judgment of where some of these top guys are going to perform, especially if we can rely on Chris Middleton to keep the rhythm up from the past two games. Because to me, in a sense, it almost seems like it could be too good to be true with Chris Middleton because he's been such a volatile player this whole postseason. But now we've seen the consistency. So is it time to attack it or will he slowly regress a little bit? But again, that's just with the head to head to Chris Paul. So it's a little bit different than just going with some of his points prop in terms of where that number is going to be at and what he's contributed to that these past few games. So that's where it goes for who will score more points for the upcoming game between the Bucks and the Suns. Again, we're seeing Milwaukee minus five. They're also minus 210 on the money line. Phoenix plus 170. This total open 223 has dipped down now to 222 for this upcoming matchup. All right, well, we might as well get into the baseball slate a little bit and get you ready for what we have to look forward to tonight. Let's go ahead and tee you up with where this game that's about to get first pitch in about 10 minutes between the uh, Padres and Braves is settling right now because San Diego's getting some of the love tonight. Now, they opened about minus 150. San Diego now up to minus 165. Plus 140 on the buyback for Atlanta. This total went from eight and a half to nine. Let's go ahead and bring in Jeff Erickson, senior editor over at Rotowire, to get his take on this game. Now, Jeff, we got you, Darvish, versus Kyle Moeller in this spot. And again, the market has moved towards San Diego. How do we think they play this one tonight in Atlanta? Well, I think it's definitely a case of where the uh, the starting pitching matchup is driving a little bit of the no, the, the money action here. Uh, although it's interesting, Art Darvish is coming off of a hip injury. Uh, it was awful in his start before he went on the IL. So there's a little bit of that. Weather's something I'm going to be watching here, too. And this is one of the reasons why I kind of stay in away a little bit is there's supposed to be a lot of rain in Atlanta tonight. Uh, they get a lot of that to begin with, but it's supposed to be pretty bad. I was kind of avoiding it in DFS for that reason. Um, and in my season-long leagues, you're, you're just stuck with it. You write it out and hope that they play through. But um, from a wagering standpoint, it's a little dicey because you might hit those bullpens pretty quickly. Chase Tingler likes to hit that bullpen pretty quickly anyhow, too. Um, I, I, I'd be a little reticent to lay the wood on that one there. I might be more inclined to go towards the total, if anything. Okay, well, Jeff, let's look at this next game that could be, you know, to me at least a little bit more intriguing because you get a team like the Astros who just dropped two out of three against the Southsiders and the White Sox this past weekend, and they go back home against this Indians team that we know their volatility with their offense, and they're catching plus 195 is Cleveland. Houston laying minus 230. This total's at nine, but they're throwing out Granke, who's been pretty sufficient this season, to say the least. And again, you know, we don't want to lay something upwards of minus 230. You could always do the run line at minus 112. And even again, you're not getting great value. But if you're looking about Houston, that might be the best way to do so. Is that the route you would take? Or do you almost get intrigued with the plus money here with Cleveland? 
I don't because of the pitching matchup. Now, Zach Granke uh, is making his first start in like nine days, ten days. Uh, he had a sore shoulder a little bit, which is why they pushed him back. Uh, he didn't pitch over the weekend. But historically, when he has six or plus, six more, six or more days of rest, his ERA over his career is 3.20 as opposed to 3.43 for on uh, normal rest. So, you know, granted, that's a long career. That can that can factor a lot of different things, but. Uh, I, I t- typically think that he does a little bit better there and a little bit better in his home run suppression against a Cleveland lineup that he pitched very well against last time out. I think he had eight strikeouts against them. I'm I'm inclined to just go ahead and lay it here with him, uh, especially going against Mejia. Not a very good starting pitcher and probably won't go very deep in the game. Emmanuel Clase uh, blew a save against the A's over the weekend. Uh, I, I think they'd rather avoid going into the lead parts of their bullpen. Uh, so... I, I think there's a good opportunity here for uh, Houston to get some tack on runs too. If they get to Mejia, get to the, some of the, the soft middle of their bullpen, I, I, I think they might get there. Now, just kind of sticking at with the Astros and just looking at their division being the AL West, they're the big favorite to win at minus 625. The A's come next at about 4-1. to one. Now, I'm of the notion that I think they're going to win the AL West. I, I really don't have too much doubt about that, but certainly you don't want to lay upwards to $6 to do so. Do you think there could be a point in the second half where maybe Houston regresses a little bit or Oakland gets hot and then you could get a better price with Houston? Is that something that you could maybe wait for? Because we still have so much time until the postseason. Is that something that we could maybe rely on? Maybe, but uh, honestly, I think three and a half games is as close as it's going to be. I mean, you look at, you know, run differential isn't the be-all, end-all, but they've got an over 1.3 run differential per game. The A's are more like 0.35. Uh, I, I just don't see the A's having the horses to stay close. Uh, and I don't see the A's making that big trade deadline acquisition, whereas I think Houston might. Uh, and I, I, So if anything, I think it, the odds might even get steeper. Ooh, okay. All right. Yeah. Astros big favorites right now. Minus six twenty-five. obviously tops not only to win that division, but the AL in general as well. Speaking of a team right behind them. How about the Chicago White Sox are currently in game one of the doubleheader, And I'm looking at the big screen right now, bottom of the seventh. Uh, they're up the bat right now with it tied up at one apiece, but looking forward to game two of the doubleheader. With Barreos taking the bump, they got Minnesota at minus 124. Lopez plus 107 for Chicago. The second game with a total of seven. Now, is this something that you would already kind of have some thoughts on, or do you more so wait to see the results of game one? Yeah, I didn't see that line, but uh, it's the pitching matchups driving this here. Lopez has had a 7.62 ERA and a 190 whip at Triple A this year. Uh, you know, this is, and if in case you're thinking this is small sample bias, he had an over six ERA last year with the White Sox. This is this this line is entirely generated by the starting pitching matchup here. Uh, however, I mean the, the Twins. I mean they've been struggling all year long. Their bullpen isn't very strong. They're really counting on Barrios to go deep in this one here. You know, minimum six innings is what you're looking at here for the Twins. I'm hoping he can do that for them. Uh, you know, Nelly Cruz homer in this one. It's the first homer in the month of July. You know, he traditionally owns the White Sox, so I think they're, you know, I think you'll probably see him uh, play both ends of the doubleheader, but I would want to see that lineup before I do anything about that. Okay, well, let's go ahead then. Look at another matchup where we have some lineups already solidified for the most part, and it's right. not the most well. Okay, actually, I was going to go Pirates and D-backs, but let me get you touched up on this Cubs and Cardinals game first. Because I was going to say Pirates D-backs not the most intriguing game, but let's get this Cubs Cardinals one out in the mix first because this one's getting close to a pick'em. But the Cubs currently minus one thirteen, Cardinals are minus one hundred four. This totals at nine. Now you're getting Alec Mills taking the bump for Chicago, who. Really, in my opinion, a guy you don't trust too much to put your hard-earned money on, especially with this Cubs team who has played bad on the road. They did take two out of three this past weekend, but it was against the Diamondbacks. 
The Cardinals thrown out Woodford there, and the Cardinals could be on a little bit of a hot streak to start their second half. Do you think that the Cardinals should be the slight dog here? Is Woodford that bad in terms of going up against Mills? Well, here's the thing. Woodford hasn't been stretched out that much. He pitched uh, in relief entirely uh, over the course of the season until the last two weeks. They sent him down to stretch him out. In the last two minor league starts, he did get five innings, uh, but he hasn't been a full-time starter since 2019. Uh, factor in that, he's not a big strikeout guy. He's not going to miss a lot of bats. Uh, 21 to 14K to walk so far this year. Uh, he's also someone that, you know, you know join, he has, kind of fits the rest of this Cardinals bullpen. I consider him still a bullpen. And he walks a lot of guys. Uh, you get to that Cardinals bullpen, and that's where the Cubs might have a little bit of an advantage. Uh, albeit it's a slim one. I mean, they've already started the teardown trading away Jack Peterson. Uh, that's one less good lefty to face him. Uh, however, I, I, I kind of uh, think that I like the Cardinals side if you're getting the value there. Uh, you know, the, the fact is that it's a home, the home team getting being, you know, with, you know, not getting the traditional juice that, that's a poor home team. I think I kind of do like the Cardinals side here because Mills doesn't miss bats either. Yeah, I'm with you there, too. I mean, love my Cubbies, but tough to trust them in any spot right now, and especially on the road against a division foe. So Cardinals could have a good spot tonight. Could be a back and forth one. We'll see what goes down in St. Louis. Uh, Jeff, we have limited time, only a couple minutes, so I kind of want to skip over that Pirates game talk, Angels and A's, because this one's more intriguing. And there's been big yeah. line movement in favor of Oakland here with Irvin taking them out against Otani. Now, Oakland, their bats are a little bit better against lefties and righties. And for the Angels, number one in the league against Southpaws, what do you think comes out on top in this matchup? I kind of like the Angels side here a little bit there. Now, I don't know how deep Otani goes. You know, pitched in the All-Star game. Maybe, you know, maybe they'll limit his uh, pitch count a little bit in this first game back. He didn't strike out a ton of guys in the last time, and I always look for missing bats as a good indicator there. It's the strongest indicator, as always, uh, for a starting pitcher as a likelihood of success, unless you're Kyle Hendricks, of course. Uh, and that, in which case, it doesn't matter as much. But I, I think that... I, I, you know, here, here's the tricky part, too, is if Otani doesn't go deep in the game, you also take out his bat because he's batting second in this game, too. Uh, and so that that's a little bit of a concern. But I, I think they'll hit Cole Irvin. They just called up this kid now, uh, Brandon Marsh, the Angels did, who is probably going to get a lot of run here in the next couple of weeks. We'll see what happens when Trout and Upton come back, what they do with him. But Marsh is a top prospect, too. I'd like to see uh, what he can do with a little bit of an extended run. I, I kind of like the Angels side of things here. All right, Jeff, we got 30 seconds. Giants or Dodgers tonight out on the West Coast? Who you like? Uh, no Seager yet, so give me the Giants just barely. Uh, Gossman back for the Giants. It's their best uh, starting pitching matchup. The rest of the week, I like the Dodgers, though. Okay, yeah, 1.73 ERA for Gossman. 9-3 and three this season against Gonsolin. And, hey, you're getting the Giants at some plus money, plus 108 for game one of the series against the Dodgers. Jeff, a man, as always, appreciate you taking some time tonight. Look forward to keeping up with some of this baseball betting throughout the season. But enjoy those slated games tonight, my friend. Awesome. Thanks, Danny. At Jeff underscore Erickson on Twitter is where you can follow along with him and also catch his content over at RotoWire as a senior editor. Great coverage when it comes to Major League Baseball and a good slate. Look forward to tonight, especially with that Giants and Dodgers game. And again, Oakland and Los Angeles, the Angels, number one against lefties in the league. Some big line movement has been going to Oakland, so we'll see what will happen between those two squads. But coming up next, I know we started with it a little bit with the NBA, but let's kind of seek out some more bets potentially in different routes you could take. Or game six of the NBA Finals. Stick around. Hardwood Talk coming up next here on Rush Hour.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Out of all odds, with Ben Rivers, daily hometown discount, make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Offer valid in Illinois only, must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self exclusion program. Daily hometown discounts. Once again, check them out. BetRivers.com. Alrighty, back at it here. It is Rush Hour on a Monday evening on VCD Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host at Danny Burke Fives, where you can follow me along on Twitter at VCD Live for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Still to come, Jeff Schwartz, Series XM NFL Radio, will give us some of his biggest plays this offseason. Looking forward to the upcoming year in the NFL in terms of season win totals, player awards, division odds, everything kind of surrounding some of those offseason bets. So excited to talk with Jeff. And next segment, I'll also give out some player props that are pretty interesting in terms of tailbacks. We'll see which ones could be a good look at this point in the summer. 
But let's kind of get it back to basketball now. Again, tomorrow we'll have a bigger preview and get a deeper dive into it for game six of the finals. But like we talked about at the beginning of the show, previewing the matchup between the Bucks and the Suns for game six, Milwaukee opened as a five-point favorite. We currently still see them as a five-point favorite. Moneyline has Milwaukee minus 210. The Suns catching plus 170 on the buyback. Now, this total has seen a little bit of movement. 223 down to 222 with a slight advantage to the over at minus 112. The unders minus 109. No strong thoughts necessarily at this point in terms of the spread or total. You know, total I might get into a little bit more so tomorrow. Um, it was actually funny because, you know, we gave out our bets for Saturday. We went one and two, not the best night, but a, a bet that we had prior for game four was like the one time it didn't hit. And it was a third quarter total points over 56. And I was thinking to myself before it started, I was like, you know what? It's hit all every other game except one. Let me go ahead and bet that again. And that was one that clearly cruised over for game five. Now that could be another angle to seek out for that in terms of the total for game six, the third quarter total over a number of about 56, 57. That has gone over in every single game, except for actually the one that we bet for game four. But that would be one I might be interested to look at again. But in terms of just overall kind of other in-game opportunities, the Bucks here to me, obviously, and this isn't saying anything while they have all the momentum in the series, right? Now, it's not to say that the Suns can't keep it close and even keep their hopes alive, but with the home team in this series and just in general, in terms of in-game betting, I think you get a better read based off the momentum, based off the crowd, and really just how the rhythm's going. It's easier to gauge that on the home team than it is with the road team. So with the spread at five, this is very similar to what we're seeing in game four to where my thought process was, well, I do think the Bucks get the job done, but I'm not rushing to want to lay five points here. I think an in-game betting opportunity on Milwaukee would much better be would just be better a better opportunity for you in this game because it's been so close when the Bucks have won, except for that 20-point victory, right? I mean, you've been sweating it out every single other time. Now, with Milwaukee in that game, you could have got them as a slight dog, and that was a perfect opportunity to do it because when it neared the end of the third, uh, start of the fourth, middle of the fourth, you saw that Milwaukee was slowly starting to put everything together, and I think that's going to be a similar case for this game. You know, is someone with... With a lot of bets here for Chris Paul to win finals MVP and just the Suns to win the series. Obviously, I hope that Phoenix wins this game, but in terms of just putting a little money on the other way and just looking at it from an in game betting perspective, if you're going to in game it, I think you hope for that similar thing to happen. The Suns can keep it close toward the second half. Look for the Bucks, see if they're starting to garner some of that momentum. And if you have that feel that they're going to pull it out and they're getting everything swung in their direction, then maybe attack Milwaukee with a better line. That's probably how I would look at it in terms of the spread and even the total, obviously, too. But personally, I kind of like just to delve into the outright winner and spread when it comes to in-game betting. But that's how I would do it. Pre-flop uh, really is just wait. So I'm going to stay away, do nothing pre-flop with the spread and total. But the only total I would do is a third quarter over. And naturally, we'll probably have some props tomorrow that we'll look into. But if you want to see some of these other bets, the series price has Milwaukee minus $4. The Suns are plus 320 to win the series. If you think the Suns can uh, obviously win at seven, same price, plus 320, same bet. But the Bucks to win in six, minus 225 if you don't want to lay the minus $4. But if you think the Bucks can win in seven, the Suns get the job done tomorrow. But then the Bucks come back to Phoenix and win it, plus 460 some decent value right there. But to me, look, 
you know, at that point, you would just bet the bucks and the money line instead of doing the minus 225 to win in six. Little things like that kind of stick out. So remember, obviously, to just look at all the different options. Then Giannis, we're seeing as a huge favorite to win finals MVP, minus 435, CP3, Booker coming at 7-1. And then Chris Middleton, who's, you know, could be making a compelling case. I don't think he gets it, but he's still been dominant. You could get Middleton at about 20-1 to to win finals MVP. Of course, like we said, we'll get way more into it tomorrow night. But how about coming up next? We talk some NFL running back rushing props. We'll hit that next here on Rush Hour. season is right around the corner and that means the decent college football betting guide is coming soon our experts look at the impact of the transfer portal key games on the schedule and early season trends to watch so you have a betting edge this football season the guide is only $19.99 and discounts are available when you buy early so now is the perfect time to reserve your copy or sign up for the VEASAN All Access and get everything we have to offer for the entire football season. Check it out now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Once again, that's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to it here on Rush Hour. Danny Burke, your host out of the Bat River Sportsbook. Like we were just talking about, the college football guide, getting you ready for the college football season, which means also the NFL season is near. And I want to take some time here to kind of look at some player props and solely focusing on the running backs because as we're getting closer, we've been looking at some of these player props overall and kind of wanted to group it together. We'll probably do some wide receivers, quarterbacks, just keep it consistent with the groups. But some interesting ones in terms of running backs that I was looking at this morning and Aaron Jones to start out with in green Bay is intriguing just because of the you know potential mess and current just discombobulation that is up there in cheese land. Now, Aaron Jones with his rushing yards, 1050 and a half. Okay. The over under minus 112 each way. Now, when we look at what Aaron Jones has done over the last two seasons, he's gone over this mark, but overall he's played four seasons and the two prior where he wasn't getting as much action with McCarthy as coach. Uh, he didn't go over this mark, but if we look at 2020 and what he did in just 14 games, he had 201 rushing attempts over 1100, uh, excuse me, rushing yards, 5.5 yards per attempt, 79 yards per game went over that with just 14 games played. Remember extended season going to be 17 games played. 2019 played all 16 games, had 236 rushing attempts, got 1084 for his rushing yards, 4.6 yards per attempt, 68 yards per game. Now, again, a lot of this is going to rely on if Rodgers is in the mix or not. Maybe not a lot because, you know, if you're smart and you're the Packers, you're going to utilize Aaron Jones in the ground game with some of those dump off passes as well. But to me, especially if Aaron Rodgers is out, then this number will probably be altered and even bumped up, knowing that you'll have to rely on him even more. But regardless, the Packers do best when Aaron Jones is a big success, right? When he's doing great on the ground game, so are the Packers overall. So this in this spot with Aaron Jones, to me, over 10, 15 and a half seems a little bit too low. I get it. The uncertainties are kind of making you maybe be pessimistic. But if one thing can be constant with this team, 
unless something crazy happens with Aaron Jones, I think we see him go over 10, 15 and a half this upcoming season. All right, let's move it a little bit further west. Let's go to Las Vegas and talk about Josh Jacobs. 1,000 and a half is where his rushing yards prop is. Over is even, under is minus 124. So the favorite is that'll stay under 1,000 rushing yards. But he's gone over it his first two seasons in the NFL thus far. This past season, played 15 games, 273 rushing attempts, 1065 for his rushing yards, about four per carry, 71 per game. 2019 played in just 13 games because he got injured 242 rushing attempts had 1150 rushing yards 4.8 yards per attempt 88 and a half yards per game so the stats were higher in 2019 than 2020 doesn't matter still got over it in both marks him with the over is even money seems like that would be the smart play right I mean I get that the Raiders are building up the receiving core they're looking to go in that direction but again a team that typically does a lot better when their ground game is doing well under Josh Jacobs. And again, if we look at this extended season, if he was able to get over that in 13 games in 2019, when they relied on him a lot, they may not rely on him the same, but with this number, just at a thousand and a half, I think the over here with that price, even money could be viable for Josh Jacobs. Again, we'll see what kind of offensive attack that John Gruden and company come out with. But I think Jacobs with that over as even price is be a good bet to take advantage of with Josh Jacobs heading into this upcoming year. All right, keeping it out on the West Coast, though, let's go to the Chargers. Talk about Austin Eckler. Now, he's a little bit more intriguing considering we haven't really seen him be a full starter. I mean, this past season he did, right? But he didn't play a full season. He only played in 10 games, and he was never a consistent starter before. Uh, before. So he's never gone over this mark in his career. 815 and a half is where his prop is settled at. The over is even money. The under minus 124. But when he played those 10 games this past year, he had about 116 rushing attempts, racked up 530 rushing yards, 4.6 yards per attempt, 53 yards per game. Now, if we just assumed and we were just being predictive that he was going to play at least 16 games, you know, about 318 more yards based on the average, that would put him at about 848. So right at that mark, but just below. But if you count in the extra games, 17 full games, he would be at 901. Now, it's nothing that's too convincing per se to want to go bet that immediately, but just team that probably should be improved regardless. They invested in their offensive line with Rashawn Slater and also Brennan Hymas out of Nebraska. So take a look at that. Austin Eckler. Okay, now this offensive line, if it can be better, Austin Eckler is such a dynamic athlete and he finds the holes and can get on a nice groove that we've seen when he gets consistent reps. Now that we know he should be the starter, then take a look at Austin Eckler, maybe at over 850 and a half again. Because of the injuries, probably not something that I would put toward the top of the list, but something to consider when it comes to Austin Eckler. 850 and a half is short, and laying the minus 124 to the under doesn't seem too, uh, really too appetizing for me. So I probably go over or nothing when it comes to Austin Eckler. Then Chris Carson, let's talk about him really quick. Now, a guy, again, who has struggled with injuries in the past, and a lot of running backs do. I mean, they get beat up so much. That's why they're such a dispensable pair to look at pretty much besides Derrick Henry, but Chris Carson going back to him, 975 and a half is his rushing yards prop over his even money under his minus 124. Carson's gone over this in two out of four seasons in his career, but in his rookie season, he only played four games. So that's kind of one that you wouldn't look at as much. Um, and just looking at what he did in 2020, remember he only played 12 games, right? So he only got 681 rushing yards. Time was getting split a decent amount as well. 
racked up 57 yards per game, not the same that we saw in 2019 and 2018, because in 2019, where he at least played 50 games, had 1,230 rushing yards, 82 rushing yards per game. In 2018, played in 14 games, still got up there, over 1,100 rushing yards, 82.2 yards per game for Carson. The concern with Chris Carson, though, for me is, one, will the offensive line be good enough this upcoming year for the Seahawks? That's a concern overall, but specifically when it comes to Chris Carson. And two, can he stay healthy? And if he is going to be the consistent starter, which we're obviously assuming, if he is, then he should be able to eclipse this mark of 975 and a half, kind of a buy low spot potentially on Carson. I know it's always the what ifs with the injury, but with guys who have dealt with in the past, makes you a little bit more cautious. But Carson with the over even money, Maybe intriguing, probably not as much as the other guys. If I'm looking at the ones I like best, Josh Jacobs over a thousand and a half, Aaron Jones over 10, 50 and a half. Those are the two that I would put at the top of the list before the Austin Eckler and Chris Carson. But still, plenty more to get to with NFL betting. Jeff Schwartz going to be coming on next year on Rush Hour to help us get some more bets. Stick around. Good action coming your way. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.
hot tip to bet on. Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every single day. Go check it out at the, Bit, uh, the Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Just tap tips and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. You can try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And don't forget to make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. One AAA, 532-3500 in Virginia. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. All righty, wrapping up a Monday edition of Rush Hour right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, getting closer and closer to the NFL season, and we were looking over some props last segment, and now we're bringing in an expert, Jeff Schwartz, who does great work in the NFL as a player. He's a veteran and obviously does a great job covering the league now, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Schwartz, and you can catch him on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Now, Jeff, we got to start out with the NFC North, my man. Obviously, we're based out of the Chicagoland area. And the big question is, besides Justin Fields and when he's going to start, is is Aaron Rodgers going to be back in the green and yellow this upcoming season? What do you think happens down at Lambeau Field? Well, 100% he's going to be back. And, and I, I guarantee, I don't guarantee, I would never want to do that, but I would imagine he's probably back by the middle of August. I think he might let the Packers sweat. Uh, for a couple of weeks, but you know, we we've heard a little bit from him, right? The two golf tournaments the last couple of weeks, and sounded like a guy pretty resigned to coming back, right? I mean, he 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 called, um, you know, the the Packers bluff, and and the Packers didn't bluff, right? And so, which I expect, I said all along, I did not expect Green Bay to trade him. It made no sense. They're coming off of two straight excellent seasons. They've won a lot of football games, and they feel like they did the right thing, which is really important here, right? They don't feel like they went about it the wrong way. And when the team doesn't feel like they did the, the wrong thing, then why would they make a concession for Aaron Rodgers? And so um, he'll be back. I don't expect him to sit out this season. Um, and they're going to be good again. And, and that's um, what we should expect from, from Green Bay. Yeah, and that's the thing. So if you're of that thought process, then wouldn't now be the time to take the Packers to win the division, considering that yeah. their odds probably aren't as long as they typically would be? Minus 143 is what we're seeing at Bat Rivers. Is that something that you would pull the trigger on then? 100%. I think the only other you know question is whether or not Justin Fields plays. I think Justin Fields could have a big season. I think he plays sooner than probably later is my guess. I think, I think Nagy needs to show that uh, there's a future with Fields and there's, you know, obviously – a future with, with Dalton is, is a one-year deal. So that's my only concern. You know, Bears defense is good to have Allen Robinson, of course. Um, so that's that's the only concern I have there. But, yeah, I mean, Green Bay, look, they're 26-6 and six now, two years under the floor. The system's working. Uh, I like what they did in the draft. They have a lot of talent. Um, and I expect them to win. And I expect Rodgers to be there. Again, he, he, he likes being the center of attention. Him sitting out this season just does not feel like something that his ego would allow. 
Yeah, no, that makes sense. And look, there is going to obviously be that correlation. If Rodgers comes back, let's be honest, the Packers have the best shot and probably will win the NFC North. And again, rarely would you get a price like this minus 143 for them to win the division. So I think he's coming back. Take that sooner rather than later with the Packers in the NFC North. Uh, let's go ahead and check out the AFC North now, Jeff. Now, this division's really intriguing to me. I mean, the Browns have a chance to have a great season. A lot of people like their season win total over, and we could get to that in just a second. But let's talk about the Steelers really quick. Now, to me, I feel like this team is due for some regression. I mean, offensively, we saw them be lackluster this past year. The defense should be great still, but the offense, I just don't know what to expect. And I know you have a specific angle in terms of them to make the playoffs. The yes is plus 170. No is minus 210. What do you expect out of Pittsburgh this season? Well, the, the no is, is risen up a little bit, so it might be better to take their win total under. I mean, they could still go over, I think, eight and a half and, and miss the playoffs. But, look, I think if you're looking at a team on, on the decline here, I, I was actually really high on them entering last season. I thought they were the one team that could contend with the Chiefs, and for 12 weeks they made me look smart. And the, the one games we saw their offense was an issue. Here's my problem with, uh, with Pittsburgh. One is they have a revamped offensive line. And I like, I like the young player. I like who they drafted, but... I don't know. They're just young, right? I mean, it's tough to trust an offensive line, too. Uh, Matt Canada, their OC, uh, he doesn't really mess with Big Ben as far as where Ben is in his, his career, what he wants to do, what Canada has always done throughout his career. And third, and most important, is Big Ben, right? So we're seeing a decline of his career. And we've seen this with Drew Brees. We saw it with Peyton Manning. We saw it with Eli Manning. Um, we see the end of careers happen. And when, when they happen, they happen slowly. And then all of a sudden it's abrupt. And I feel like we're heading in that path right now. And people point to Tom Brady and, oh, he's 43 and he's still playing. Well, he never really had a decline, guys. Uh, I think we're seeing a decline of Big Ben right now. And, and it's very difficult. We have almost no evidence of older players, especially that position, pulling themselves out of a decline. Um, and if he's not good in that division, it's going to be tough. I did a, a, a unit draft on my podcast, Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. It'll be out tomorrow morning. And so we drafted units, me and, and my two producers. And I think, I think four Browns units were taken. I mean, the Browns have the best roster in the NFL. It's just that, that, that uh, Pat Mahomes is that much better than Baker Mayfield. I mean, the Browns are going to win 13 games next season. The Ravens, while I don't trust them in the playoffs at all, they're going to win 12 or 13 games this season. Um, the Bengals are going to be better this season. I just think Pittsburgh is going to have a rough go of it. And I think that the reputation of Tomlin, that's very deserving, right? He has not had a losing season yet. Uh, people are still, are still clinging to that, but I think it's over for them this year and they have to rebuild next season. Yeah. And you mentioned the Browns. I mean, their win totals at 10 and a half overs minus one Oh eight. So based on what you were saying, you would go over in that sense with Cleveland, but what about just the division overall? I mean, the Ravens plus plus one twenty five. the Browns are plus plus one forty. They take a little bit more plus money and go with Cleveland to win the AFC North. I think so. Um, look, Baltimore is, is really tough to beat during the regular season because that offense is tough when you're just, you know, week 12, you're beat up. Um, you know, it's just, it's hard to defend. We, we, you know, we, we see quite often that, um, you know, when you have time to prepare for the playoffs, things are different. And again, this is not really a, a playoff prop. Um, but I, I think that the Browns with Mayfield and Mayfield is probably no better than last season. I, I think that's kind of what he is as a player. Um, but again, best offensive line of football, arguably the best defense line outside of, of Washington, right? Uh, great secondary. Now they had some new parts. They drafted uh, Newsom as well, so they have to work those guys in. Good, good receiving core. Great running backs. 
good coaching. Like they're really talented guys. And I think that if you limit Baker Mayfield's exposure, which we saw last year, and especially that offense you're able to do, they're going to win a lot of football games. I will say though, week one is going to be really tough for them. Um, you know, Andy Reid off a bye and with Mahomes, especially in week one, I think he scored nearly 40 points a game in week one. Um, and like I said, the Browns are breaking in a, kind of a new secondary. It's going to be a rough game for them, but don't, don't don't come off the wagon. Uh, I think the I think Browns take the division. All right, Jeff. Before we let you go, we got about two minutes left. I really wanted to get to this conversation because when this came out, I immediately hopped on this and talked about it on the show and thought this was a pretty good bet. And it looks like you're thinking the same thing, perhaps with comeback player of the year. Dak Prescott is a short shot, but you can get him upwards from plus 175 to plus 210. Saquon, Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, 6-1. to one. Bosa, 7-1. Wentz is 9-1. To me, this is Dak Prescott's award to lose, right? It seems like based off the narrative and everything that could be set up for him, it's, it's just right there in front of him. If he can play just a typical Dak Prescott season, is that the guy you would go with as well for this award? 1,000%. Like, this is, this to me, unless he gets hurt again, otherwise he's winning this award guys. Um, you know, I, I, I live in a state that doesn't, uh, have uh, legal wagers. I tried to place this wager, uh, on, on one of the, uh, the offshores and, um, the limit was $25. I was super pissed. <laughs> I would have played a lot more on this. Um, it, guys, he's going to play. He's going to play well. He's a great quarterback. Um, they have the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. I think it's hard to, to disagree with that. Their offensive line of Teron Smith comes back healthy. Zach Martin is back healthy. Lyle Collins, really good offensive line. They're going to put up a ton of points, as they did last season when he was healthy. Zach's going to stay healthy. I don't expect him to get hurt again. This is, this is a slam dunk, in my opinion. Um, and I think the Cowboys, there's a, a good argument to be made. They, they might be a contender in the NFC. Look around the rest of the NFC right now. Kind of a wreck. Um, uh, just a lot of unknown. The Cowboys, guys, if their defense can just be like 15th in efficiency, they, they got a chance. So I, I think Dak Prescott here uh, is a really good wager. Absolutely love it. I'm with you. Dak Prescott, to me, it's his weight or it's his award to lose. If he can play somewhat of a decent season, you're right. If he could stay healthy and with those odds right now, I mean, plus 175 being one of the lowest ones, I think that's a great bet. So I'm right there with you, Jeff. And hey, as always, my man, we appreciate you taking some time. Look forward to catching up again closer to the season. Thank you. Take care. At Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. And again, you can catch him. The Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you podcast series XM NFL radio and Pac 12 today radio. The man is all over the place, getting you ready for the upcoming college and NFL season. Exciting times to come here. Also on rush hours, we get you closer to there. Remember the college football betting guide out beeson.com slash subscribe. We'll get into more college football talk throughout the week. Preview some of those odds uh, with the conferences. Heisman trophy, maybe a little bit. We'll get closer into but a team like when we were talking about with the mall Shaw in the Big 12, like Oklahoma, I was thinking about going into that today, but maybe we'll do that tomorrow later in the week. Want to preview a team like the Sooners who are bringing back some players could improve on both sides. So can't wait to get more into that with college football. With NFL, man, we'll go over some of my season win total bets as well. We were talking about it with Josh Applebaum last week. A great conversation with Jeff tonight, and I think he nailed it too. Comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott has it set up perfectly for him. That is a bet that I'm to be making Dak Prescott with those weapons around him in a weaker NFC East. If he can be sufficient enough, he's got the perfect narrative for him to win this award. So that's how I would go with comeback player of the year and like his assessment, especially on the AFC North too. I think there's going to be some regression with the Steelers like the Browns certainly, and the Ravens are still going to be dominant, but the Browns great chance to win that division as well. 
So big thanks to Jeff Schwartz for hopping on. Big thanks to Jeff Erickson getting us ready for a night full of MLB action. Tomorrow we've got game six to look forward to. Hope you'll join us then. Take care. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 